0: So we are moving now into um, a a service that we call here at Kingscliff, a say-so Sabbath. Who here has been to a say-so Sabbath before? A number of us have. And this concept really comes from Scripture. It's found in Psalm chapter 107. And we see here in verses 1 and 2, it says, O give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Amen? It sure does. And it says here, let the redeemed of the Lord say what? Say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If we believe that God is good, then let's hear about it. Let's see the goodness. Let's see what He is doing in individuals' lives. And so we are going to be interviewing a number of people. I'm going to call Helen up now. Helen is a missionary over in uh, Thailand. She works with a group of people there in Burma. And I'm going to invite you to take a seat here, Helen. I'm going to set you up with a microphone. And then I'm going to get my clicker out here. And you are going to have the opportunity to click through some photos for us. Thank you. And so, Helen, I would love to know, uh, you're, you're a, um, a missionary up there in Thailand. And there's been some exciting recognition of your work lately.
1: Yes, a Do you want to tell us about that? Um, I, I've been, I'm the longest-serving missionary, so they tell me. Um, and I'm this is my thirty-second, thirty-sixth year up there. Wow! And so they had meetings, a lead conference from the general conference for education, and I was invited down there, and they made all sorts of wonderful presentations.
0: Wow! <laughs> Praise God! So thirty-six years in ministry, longest-serving missionary in the general conference. In the whole world
1: for for Adventists. (laughs) Wow.
0: It certainly is a blessing to have you here worshipping with us at Kingscliff today. Tell us a bit about your work there in Burma.
1: Um, I'm still at the school that... uh, We've been moved seven times, but I'm still at the same school. And uh, we have about... We hope to have this coming year 900 or more kids... These wow. are refugees from Burma. Um, everybody's trying to push everybody to go back, but the situation is very unstable and nobody really knows what to do, so we're still in the
0: camp. Hmm. And, and tell us, Helen, why is it that you decided to go over there? In You don't look Burmese. Um, <laughs> you don't look Thai. So how is it that you found yourself there in this region?
1: Well, actually, I started off in New Guinea, I went straight from college to Kaba Ufa and I was there for two years. Then for family reasons I had to come home and then I worked in Australia and after that I always wanted to go back to the mission field Mm. because I wanted to be at a place where I could start something from the grassroots. And I never dreamt that the Lord would have it as Thailand. I really, uh, I did a trip across Europe and I wanted to go back to... Norway, Sweden, countries with snow, <laughs> but instead of snow, I've got mud.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, praise God for that. <laughs> the snow has its own challenges, I'm sure. Um, so, so, tell us, you've been there 36 years, and what is it that you've been able to to do there? You've got a school with over 900 students, you've said.
1: Yes, we started off with 80, and we we thought we were going to be getting less. We hoped we were, but it keeps growing. And I didn't want to have little kids, but We ended up with a lot of little kids last year.
0: Hmm. Yeah, wow. Mm. And and so what are some of the challenges that these children are facing? Why is it that education is so important there?
1: Well, uh, along the Burma border, the standard of education, when there is any, is very poor. And uh, because we've managed to been there a long time, our education standard is higher and we've had lots of volunteers who've come and helped us. Hmm. And uh, so the parents send their kids to us. Um, even people who are not Christian want to come to our school hmm.
0: yeah sure we're going to see some photos here um, so you're working in the Mesot region yes. uh, there on the border and um, yeah obviously in the, the north of Thailand there um, so so this is a, a photo of your complex? That's
1: an, that's an aerial photo of the camp ok and there the houses are very close together um, we have tin roof. In that case a tree fell on, fortunately we'd just finished school and a tree fell down. A Big branches off the tree fell on the front of the school and also on our carport. But the kids had already left and gone up to the dormitory. A tree fell on the dormitory too but they weren't in there thankfully. Hmm. This is part of the dormitory and the cafeteria which is being rebuilt right at the moment because we had a lot of rain and we didn't have sufficient drains and so the Part of the cafeteria started sliding down the mountainside. Um, that's study up top. And the, this is a Sabbath school we have. We have all the different divisions. But we haven't many seniors in our school. Um, this happened just recently when people came to enrol at the school. We had over 300 kids come to write the initial exam and then many more afterwards. Um, that's some of the kids sitting in the exam. Was quite funny because they'd say they were grade five and they couldn't do grade one work wow. so we had a lot of problems with them and we have a lot of parents we have a, got a good lot of support from parents now this little boy um, ha- he was a very active hyperactive kid actually and he was in grade two he was eight years old and his parents said if you work hard and pass your exams <coughs> we'll buy you a bike because bikes are all the craze at the moment <laughs> so anyhow uh, he managed to pass all his exams, and when the exams were over, his father said, I'll take you to get your bike. And the little boy said, I don't want a bike, Daddy. And his Daddy said, what do you want? He said, I want you to tell me that you will no longer um, chew beetle nut or, <coughs> or um, uh, smoke. And he didn't want him also to drink alcohol.
2: Hmm.
1: So recently, <coughs> pardon me, uh, we met his father... And his father said, uh, told us this story, and he said, "Are uh, uh, we asked uh, how are you going with your promise and he said i 've stopped the alcohol, but i 'm having trouble with the beetle nut hmm. so <coughs> so he 's still trying, and, and he got his bike
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but we didn 't expect that these kids would be our our witnesses now this <coughs> is this, this little boy um, he was adopted by uh, a teenager hmm. and the, um, the, bo- the boy who adopted him, he, he was born in the hospital and his mother took off and just left him and he's six years old now and they brought him to us and they want him to uh, be in the school because his, his adopted father who's now 21 um, has to go away and work to try and earn money for, for him hmm. so he's going to be one of our prep kids. Um, we Recently we got new curtains because ours had so many holes in them. And this is the, di- the starting of the new dining room. They're working on that now and also, no, wasn't going forward. Um, these were our teachers from last year. We, we have about 16, 17 new teachers who were year 12 the year before and they are the mainstay of our teachers. Without them, we can't do anything because we have to have somebody. Most of them, of the Adventists, have gone resettlement, and sadly, um, we have less Adventists in senior school at the moment. Thank you. I'm a bit croaky.
0: <laughs> so, so tell us, Helen, uh, how is the school funded? Uh, how how are you currently uh, supporting the teachers that are working there?
1: Well, um, NGO funding has just about stopped or very little, and so we don't rely on them anymore. We rely on the Lord to supply for us, and as we need, he sends. Hmm. This last year, it cost about three million baht to run the school, and almost all that came from people here, there, and everywhere who just sent to us. Hmm. When we needed, th- the funds arrived. Wow. And so we were able to keep on um, paying our teachers. The this th- year... With three this million only,
0: baht is worth around...
1: I'm not a mathematician. Okay. It's uh, 24 to the okay. to the dollar at the moment.
0: That's not going to help me either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if we've got a mathematician here.
0: Yeah, sure. But
1: anyhow, um, we, we, we have managed to keep going. We had baptism. Now, it's smaller now, the baptisms, because nobody is prepared to go back to Burma with a Christian in their family. Wow. It causes great trouble. And we have families who are mixed marriages, a Muslim and a Buddhist and the Burmese have said that if there's a Muslim married to a Buddhist they must divorce the Muslim or they can't come back and the Muslim can't go back and this has caused huge problems in the camp because uh, these families just have a lot of fighting about what are they going to do where Mm. are they going to go now many wanted to go to America but of course Trump's ruled that one out so they're still in the camp and they come to us, they're good, we don't have any problems with them Nice people. Now these were the baptisms last year. There was only 18. I think mm. there was no, there's one not there for that baptism. Usually we have many more. But we had about 60 who wanted to be baptised but because their parents wouldn't allow, we didn't baptise them. Otherwise we won't see them again. They right. send them to Burma to Buddhist areas where there are no Christians. We, we sit division exams from India every year and that's how we managed to get kids to college. Now this is half of year 10. And that's half of year 12. We had two classes of each last year. Hmm. Um, That was closing exercises for the little kids. And um, these are our new teachers for the coming year. Um, We are getting three, four back from APIU to help us. And we're not asking people. It's very hard to get people access to the camp. And we don't know whether halfway during the year they're going to say move to the other side. Now, we are preparing in case we have to go back to the other side. Um, oh, that's, uh, we, we're needing sponsors, hmm. particularly for teachers. You can't have a school if you can't have teachers. And we have to be able to um, help these teachers a little bit more at the moment because the food rations are being reduced. And anyone who's 12 years and older is now considered an adult. And it's the adults' rations that are being reduced. They will still give to the children under that, but they're just reducing the amount of rations.
0: Hmm. How many people there live in the, the camp?
1: Well, y- you can't tell. The UN has one figure. The camp has one figure. Okay. Uh, I think it's about, probably about 40,000. Wow. But... Um,
0: and how I, many other schools are operating uh, in oh, the camp? There
1: are 17 schools in the camp. Wow. And we are... Um, largest or second largest. Okay. The Baptists have got a very big school. Hmm. Awesome. But um, most schools have given up and they haven't got teachers or the teachers can speak only Burmese and the kids speak only Karen. So it's a bit of a problem. Hmm. We're trying not to have kids who can't speak Karen because our teachers, most of them are graduates from year 12 who will have about a week's training when I get back. We couldn't do training before I came here because... They had camp exams all at strange times and they have to sit the camp exams. Hmm. But the Lord has been with us and we are very grateful for the help we get from Australia. If it wasn't for our help, we had to stop long ago. But now we're uh, at the moment they're on the other side um, making a fence around the property we've been given there so that if we get to go back, we'll have a place to move to. But there's fighting up the mountains and nobody quite knows what's going to happen.
0: Hmm. Wow. So
1: thank you for everything.
0: Oh, no worries. Mm-hmm. So, so we have an opportunity as a church today to be able to support the work that Helen is doing. She doesn't spend much time in Australia. Most of her time is spent up in Burma and, so, and in Thailand. Sorry, oh, It really is exciting for us as a church to have an opportunity to sponsor. I know that many of us haven't come prepared today and so there are some bank details up there which you can give a, a donation online. Maybe some of us didn't bring cash and you'd like to do that right now. Um, but, but we have up here some figures of, of how much it costs to actually run the school, not in total, um, but if you would like to, if your family would like to sponsor a day student or even multiple day students, then you can give an approximate figure there as to how many students you can sponsor. Um, There's also dormitory students that you're able to sponsor, which is very clear there on the screen. And then you can also sponsor a teacher if you'd like to say, maybe my family or a group of families come together and say, we would like to be able to give um, children an opportunity for education in Thailand. And we'd like to do that by sponsoring a teacher to be able to continue working in this region. Uh, Then you can get together and even... um, A a junior teacher's wage is $5.50, or a senior teacher's wage there is $14.50. And and the appropriate uh, account details are there, as well as the information. We are actually going to take up an offering now, and all of this money is going to go to to Helen and the work that is being done up in Thailand. And Helen, can I just ask you one final question uh, before we take up the offering? And that is, we are celebrating Easter today, the, the birth, death and resurrection of Jesus. And I'm just wondering if you've seen the impact that Christ's life and his love can have on people's lives there in Burma.
1: Most definitely. There are people who have come to the school from families where there are no Christians at all. Mm. And um, they have stayed. Some of them have gone through college, graduated and come back to us. We have many who came to us in junior school. They were the first to graduate from elementary school, high school. They went to APIU and they're back teaching now and they're doing a wonderful job. Hmm. So the Lord has guided us and helped us um, and we pray that we'll be made very clear what we're to do in the future. If anyone wants a newsletter, if they like to give me uh, an email address, then we'll put you on our newsletters and you'll be able to correspond.
0: Hmm. Oh, that would be great. And and tell me, Helen, I hope you don't mind me asking this, but how old are you? 80. 80? (laughs) I never would have believed that.
1: I've had about six birthday parties. Now, everywhere I go, they give me another party. But thankfully, they don't put 80 candles.
0: Yeah, 80 candles. I love it. But yeah, look, praise God that he is um, compelling you to continue your work there in Burma. And we as a church would love to support that work in whatever way we can. I know that prayers are appreciated. Um, It's clearly through the love of Christ that you're able to continue working there. And so we, we're just going to have a special prayer and an offering now for you and the work that's taking place. Let, let's bow our heads and uh, then the offering will, will take place. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the dreams and visions that you give us. We want to thank you for the way that you've inspired Helen to be able to do this important work there in Burma. We want to pray that, that you would continue to bless her in the ministry that has begun through, through her life and the commitment that she has for you. But Father, just as we've heard what what, um, is taking place there, we can see that it is not Helen that is doing this work, Father. It is, in fact, your Spirit working through her. And so we're asking that you would continue to lead and guide her, that that you would give them clarity as to the future of their ministry, and that you would continue to bring children that that need an education and that this is able to make the difference for them. We also want to pray that your blessing would be on the, the staff of the school, And everyone that's involved in in donations and sponsoring the students as well, Father. We want to ask right now that that your spirit would be upon Helen. And that the work that she does, that that she would see each and every day your love and your blessings upon her. And we pray that you would continue to use her as a blessing there in that region. We pray that the the gifts that we give today as cash gifts, that would be a blessing there and that, that we too would receive Um, blessings that we can then go and share with others. We pray now a blessing on the offering and we ask that it would go to your service and your will. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. We've just had one of our mathematicians text through. It's $125,000 is the annual running of the um, school there in in Thailand. I keep saying Burma, but they're working with the uh, the Burmese people uh, coming across to Thailand. And so, yeah, I really want to encourage you to give and uh, take the opportunity online as well to continue maybe sponsoring or, or whatever it is that you'd like to do there on an ongoing basis. Thank you again for, for the offerings that are, are being taken now, and uh, we pray that the Lord will bless those. I'm now going to switch gears here a little bit, and I've got Vessi with me. And Vessi, what is your last name? I don't know how to pronounce it, funnily enough.
2: Mihailovic.
0: Um, Mihailovic. That's actually not that hard, yeah. When I read it, and I'm like, I don't know what that says. But yeah, Bessie Mihailovic. And you've been a member here for how long, Bessie? Um,
2: well, I got baptised um, this year.
0: This year? This okay. Year. Yep. Yeah. This it's year. only early no. in the year. When was, was it?
2: This year last
0: year. It was December last year, December, I think. Year, Early December, yeah. <laughs> so we're losing track of time already. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so so Vessi you got baptized last year. But tell us um, first of all what, what's your background who, who is Vesy Mihailovic?
2: Vessi Mihailovic <laughs> was born in Bosnia.
0: Bosnia okay Bosnia.
2: Um, my full name is Vesalenka. Veselenka oh. um, and um, my parents actually became Seventh-day Adventists when I was a year old, so I was actually baptised into the Orthodox Church okay. initially, yeah. and um, they became Adventists through a travelling coal porter hmm. slash pastor yep. who was coming through and taking the um, the truth out to... Um, the backwoods of bosnia sure so um so a uh, cole
0: porter is someone that goes from house to house selling books and, and that sort of thing
2: actually i i mm. think it was more like a pastor i don't think he was okay. selling books so okay. he was a lay preacher i guess okay yep say so um yep. came out to australia when i was six wow i went to an adventist school right up until year 10 yeah the Brisbane 7th Adventist School. Nice. And we used to play the Mwollong Bar School in sports here. Wow. We used to come down.
0: I went to both we BAC... We to beat them
2: anyway. Yeah. So. yeah,
0: I went to Brisbane and Tweed Valley. And okay. in Brisbane, it was great because we'd win everything. And yeah. then when I came to Tweed Valley, it was very difficult. Um, <laughs> the... Funnily enough, I still beat them uh, when I was at TVAC. David, who's here, we used to have fun uh, swimming together back in the day. Um, but, yeah, not David Asherick, unfortunately, we haven't raced yet, but I'm sure we'll get the chance. Um, but yeah, so so Vessie, you you grew up in a Christian home, um, yes, I did. Orthodox at the start and then Adventist, yeah. and uh, you made a commitment to follow Christ in those early days.
2: I did. I was um, 15 when okay. I got baptized and. Um, When I think back now, it was um, mainly because uh, all my friends were getting baptised. It Hmm. seemed like the good thing to do. Sure. The good Christian thing to do. So I got baptised with a whole other bunch of my girlfriends.
0: Hmm. Yep. And and then what did your Christian experience look like uh, Um, from then on?
2: Well, you know, um, up and down as a teenager. I mean, most teenagers would be able to relate to me. You kind of... uh, the idea is there. I, I knew there was a God, obviously, and I, um, you know, um, loved God on and off. Hmm. Um, when it felt good, I did. When sure. it kind of, when I wanted to do my own thing, I didn't. You know, I kind of, um, kind of switched. Always sitting on the fence, basically, oh, I guess. Okay. Yep.
0: Yeah. So, you, so you'd spent um, a number of years as a Christian, yes. on and off, no, yeah. not fully in, not fully out, and. So, so you realised that uh, at some point?
2: I think it was always there. You kind of, um, um, you're, I went to church. I was okay. sitting in church. I listened to all the um, sermons, and everything resonated with me. But hmm. um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a hard thing. I had. it was well. I was in church, put it that way. I okay. I was happy to be in church. Sure. It wasn't like I didn't want to be in church. But then, um, I guess, then life kind of gets in the way. There were a few things that happened that mm. um, um, kind of um, took me in a different direction. I guess that's the way I'd, I'd put it. Okay. And, um, yeah, I bit by bit left the church. Hmm. I left the church in... in body definitely and um and to a great deal you know in soul i I kind of well i left the church but i um i don't think god ever left me so sure yeah
0: Yeah. so so you decided to get baptized last year and and what really led to that decision you you weren't going to church anymore
2: no i hadn't been going to church for quite a while actually um um I don't know, probably about 10 years. And even prior to that, I was kind of... I'd go to church every so often, and then I'd go out on Friday night, or, you know, I was there but not there, and Mm. kind of definitely Mm. sitting on the
0: fence. So so was it overnight you just decided, okay, I'm not going to go to church anymore, or what what kind of way to that?
2: No, it's it's definitely a gradual you know, coming away, I guess. Mm. It's just making a compromise here, making a compromise there. You know, I don't want to go to church today. It's a beautiful day. I'll go to the beach. It's lovely. I, You know, that's not such a bad thing. It's God's creation, you know. Mm. Yep. Um, it's not so bad. I'm going to have lunch with my girlfriends. I'm still not working. It's, mm. you know, I'm having friends, having time with friends and so on. So bit by bit, it's, for me, it was a gradual... Stepping away.
0: Sure. And mm. so then you find yourself in this position where, hey, I haven't been going to church for 10 years. Um, yeah, what, what, what happened there? Was it difficult to start coming back to church? or uh,
2: For me, it wasn't, um, it wasn't difficult to come back to church, but extenuating circumstances were such that mm. um, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't at that stage go to church, and every so often I would... And I'd come back for a little while, and then I'd stop. And, um, and yeah, so it was, as I was telling you before, it was like this, um, my life was like a comfortable chair that I'd gotten used to, but there was this, like a spring that was kind of digging into me, and that was mm. God's voice, kind of gently nudging me, mm. you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, Bessie, mm. what are you doing? Bessie, I'm here. Bessie,
0: where are you? Mm. So, so your Christian experience, if you were to summarise the last 30 years of your Christian experience, it would be um, pretty nominal, you'd say. You were, you were kind of neither here nor there, um, quite relaxed either. with the whole thing, and that ultimately led to, to you being out of the church. Yeah. Um, so what was it that really made you decide last year that, hey, I, I want to commit to this, I want to make a, a public declaration?
2: Um, well, Hannah. Hannah and I were doing Bible studies, and... Um Yeah, I just mentioned to her. I couldn't (laughs) prepare. Sorry. Um, I mentioned to her that um, while I was out of church, I always thought that there will come a day, that I will come back. Hmm. Because God never really left me. Hmm. And so. I mentioned to her when we were doing Bible studies, while well, she was here at, at Arise, we kind of made friends. And I said, she asked me wh- whether I wanted to do study. I said, yeah, that'd be lovely. I'd really... Because I've never really studied the Bible. I yeah. mean, I've read bits and pieces but never really studied. So Hannah used to come over every Sunday night and I'd make her dinner yeah. and we'd study together and... Um, and I mentioned to her. I said, you know, while I was away from the church, I always thought that when I came back, and it was never if. There was definitely I wanted to come back. That mm. when I come back, I'd like to get baptized. Mm. And so she um, she says, well, I'll talk to David and Joel on Monday, and yeah. um, and then Joel you came mm. and we did studies together as well. So um, yeah, it was. Um, um, I was never. I was never comfortable out of the church. Hmm. There was always something, well, God, hmm. Jesus was calling me back. His Holy Spirit was working on me.
0: Yeah. And, and tell us, so, so you made that commitment, you got baptized. What, what does your Christian experience look like today?
2: Um, well, my Christian experience is, uh, I felt a lot better than it was, definitely. Hmm. And there's a lot more understanding. Um, I think I didn't understand, and I I guess I never will until we get to heaven, um, God's immense love for us Mm. because he's always there even when uh, we don't expect him to be there. I was driving to church this morning and there was a sign that said, on your worst day, I still love you. Mm. So, you know, um, I guess for me um, these days I, I feel... His love, I believe, I feel his presence all the time. I can see he's leading
1: hmm.
2: in so many ways. So um, for me, it's... Um, I, I've, I've, I was always concerned about failing,
1: mm-hmm.
2: about, you know, what happens if I fail. You know, I'm human, I'm going to make mistakes. And um, I listened to a sermon by um, D. Casper, who did Arise... And he said, um, it, the sermon is, you can find it on audio, audio verse. It's, um, what if I fail? And I listen to that often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I do fail. I still mm. fail. But I, um, I know that God is always there. Mm. Um, he's, he's not a helicopter parent, as we spoke about. Mm-hmm. He won't fix things for you. He won't make it easy for you. Mm. Because he wants your character to um, to be finessed and to to build and to become, you know, um, the person that you can be, mm. and to be a witness to those around you. Because that's really what it comes down to as well. Is that um, we want God, we want people to come to God. Those who maybe have been away and want to come back again. Mm. Those who've never heard of him, yep. um, if we can be, be that witness to hmm. him, then
3: yeah,
0: the work is done. Yeah, certainly. It, Vessie, it's so good to hear just the, the difference that God has made in your life. I, I've seen the trajectory of your life totally change. Um, I, I actually knew you through through David and the family back up in Brisbane in the day. And yeah, just that, that understanding that your life, you, you weren't where you wanted to be and you acknowledged that and you made changes and, and took um opportunities that had come to you to to really seek god and, and seek his will for your life mm. and just to know that that has made a difference in your life that the cross is doing something mm. each and every day in you when, when i asked bessie um when we were preparing for this moment bessie what, what does your christian experience look like today um, I almost couldn't shut you up, not that I was trying to, um, but, but yeah, just sharing, well, this and this and this and this, and it's just really exciting to know that you have a living and active relationship with Jesus, and, and that as we spend that time with Him in His Word, you've been reading a number of different books, and um, it's great to see that God is doing something in your life, and so thank you so much for sharing your testimony today, and is there anything that you want to leave with us as a, as a church?
2: Probably the the biggest thing I think that was was, um, helpful to me is that um, people prayed for me, Mm. Um, my family, my friends, um, and I was confronted uh, by a best friend Mm. initially. She kind of stopped me in my tracks and said, what are you doing?
1: Mm.
2: What are you doing? You know, you can't keep sitting on the fence, you, hmm. you've got to make a decision, either go this way and enjoy yourself and do whatever you want, sure. or you make your decision for God, and, hmm. um, but you can't keep doing what you're doing, hmm. so, you know, friends... friends family family Mm. is amazing i have an amazing family Mm. and a church family
0: as well yeah we'll praise god for those that have spoken into your life and your journey and um yeah we just want to thank you that that you're a member here at our church Uh, it's such a blessing to have you here at kingscliff church and let, let me just um say a prayer for you if you don't mind let's bow our heads church dear heavenly father we thank you for the way that you have led in bessie's life and we want to thank you for the living testimony that she is of your goodness Father, we want to praise you for the way that you've been at work and and the way that she's had the opportunity of just sharing um, just a few of those moments where she's seen your love and your care for her. We pray that she would continue to be a light here in this community and that your influence would be upon her, Father, as she seeks opportunities to share your love. We pray that many would come to a knowledge of you through her. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Vessi. I'm going to welcome Hannah up now. Hannah is an Arise student here at the moment. And Hannah, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? That that should be on.
4: Hello, everyone. Happy Sabbath.
0: (laughs) Um,
4: I'm from Japan. Um, I grew up in a non religious family. There is no Christian in my family, or relatives, or neighbors. Um, I haven't seen any church around my home place when I grew up Uh, there are so many shrines and temples and when I was a child I somehow knew that there is a God good God (laughs) but when I got older I realized that there are so many suffering around this world and I started to think there is no God if there is why he allows these things to happen.
0: Yeah, sure. So, so you come to Australia, you see Christianity, and what is it that you thought of Christianity in those early days?
4: Early days, yeah. Before I became okay. Yeah, sure. So, I went to International Christian University in Japan. One percent of Japanese population is Christian, but at that uni, ten percent of students were Christian, and I saw some Christian friend, and I was feeling what kind of people they are. Like, are they strange? Are they maybe crazy? <laughs> um, because especially in Japan, it is very dangerous or like we have an idea that religion is very dangerous or to believe something is bad. Hmm. So I was one of them. But second year of university, I, uh, my best friend became Christian.
0: Hmm. Sure. And And so what describe kind of when she became a christian what what happened with that what were your feelings towards her <laughs>
4: um i was so shocked and surprised um i thought that christians are only people who are grew up in christian family so i had no idea how and why he can be a christian hmm. but at the same time i could see that she was changed a lot she used to go to nightclubbing, drinking, finding someone to s- spend time. But she just... <laughs> <laughs> um, but she... <laughs> but, uh, she, um, she just... She suddenly stopped it. Okay. And she became a totally different person. And I could see that she had something shine that I didn't have. Hmm.
0: And, and how did you respond to that?
4: Um, first time... Um, I couldn't admit that God is, God is working on her life. I didn't want to admit that she was changed for better. Mm. And I started to feel very jealous. Um, I blamed, I criticized, and I hate Christian.
0: Mm. Just because God is doing something in her life, yeah. you're, you're jealous of and that? and
4: I didn't mm. have this.
0: Yeah, sure. So, so tell me, did you feel like you needed saving? One thing that Christians talk about is, ah, I've been saved. Did you feel like you needed a salvation experience?
4: For a long time, I didn't think so. But in 2014, uh, I went to Iceland as an exchange student. And I met a Christian friend And he invited me to a Christian youth group. And he told me, if I go there, I can eat pizza. (laughs) So (laughs) I go there for pizza. (laughs) And um, they're talking about what is sin and why we are sinners. And some people are very emotional to praise the Lord. Hmm. But I didn't know, I totally didn't know what they are talking about. Hmm. And I felt so uncomfortable. And after that, my friend told me, if I accept Jesus, my life will be changed. But I was so angry at him Hmm. because I felt he is looking down at my life. I thought my life is okay. Why my life can be changed because of Jesus?
0: Hmm. So, so what made you realize that you did need a saviour and that Jesus was able to do something in your life?
4: So after I came back to Japan, I, was doing, uh, I started to do volunteering for children. So it's like going to developing countries and uh, playing music, music for children in this area. And one day, I heard a small voice asking me, Why are you doing this for? Hmm. And I used to tell my friends and family that I'm doing this for poor children. They are poor. I want to help them because I feel sorry for them. But when I heard his voice, I realized that I am doing just for myself. I wanted to start this project because people will say, you're a good girl. Hmm. Or I wanted to be a leader of this project because people will admire me or respect me. And when I realized this, I was so disappointed by myself.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And, and so, so you're disappointed. You're, you can see that, hey, maybe I'm not the person that everyone thinks that I am. And, and what did that do then? Did God lead you f- leave you feeling disappointed?
4: Um mm, um, so, um, so this experience realized that um, how selfish I was mm. And how much I was thinking just for myself But then I didn't know how to change myself mm. I didn't know how I can be a better person And after that day I started to know why we are sinners and why Jesus had to come this world, wow. and why Jesus had to die on the cross. Hmm. And, but still, I didn't know how to um, build a relationship with him, even though I knew that Jesus died for
0: me. Hmm. So, so what was it that made the difference? You're there, you're, you want to know, you, you want this to be a part of your life, but, yes. but you didn't have that. What, what helped there?
4: So in 2016, um, I graduated from my university in Japan. And 99% of Japanese students get a job or decide what to do next before they graduate. But I was the only one who didn't know what to do next. And um, I was told that I should follow my heart. I should do something that I want to do. So I asked myself. What do I want to do? Hmm. What do you, I want to be? Where do I want to go? But there was no answer inside myself. And then I started to ask, why am I living? What's the purpose of living? And who am I? And again, I didn't have answer again. I started to be very depressed because I didn't know why I am living. And... Every night I was crying, crying, and one night I thought I need help. Hmm. And I asked God, maybe first time, um, if you really exist, help me. Yes. Yes. And next day, uh, it was Wednesday, but I had a feeling that I should go to church And I Googled, and I found a church which has a a Wednesday Bible study. And I went there, and I told them I lost my purpose of living. Hmm. And they prayed for me. And after that day, afternoon, I was checking on the Internet. And somehow I found that uh, the university, which... I already satisfied all the requirements. And after that, I found this also um, offered me scholarship. And this was in Australia. And then I went home and I opened the um, gift which my Christian friend gave me on my graduation. And it says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster. to give you future and fo- hope, yes. mm. Jeremiah 29, yes. 11. And at this point, I realized there is a God yes. who is alive, who is powerful, yes. who, is, who knows everything, who is controlling everything, yes. and who is healing every single player, mm. and who has planned for me mm. and for you.
0: Yeah. Oh, praise God for that, Hannah. We we do have a, a verse that, that's going to be on the screen. Do you, yes. you want to share this verse with us?
4: Yeah. Um, Psalm 37, uh, 4 and 5. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desire of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will act.
0: Hmm. How powerful is that? It's a different version that we've got on the screen, but how powerful is it to know that, that when we seek God, that he is able to come through for us. And that isn't just Hannah's experience, that's my experience, and that can be our experience as a community as well today. Hannah, thank you so much for sharing with us. And, um, but before you go, I'd just like to take the opportunity to say a prayer, if you don't mind. Let, let's bow our heads together. Dear Heavenly Father, you have worked powerfully in Hannah's life. You have brought her from a situation where she didn't have access to you, she didn't know about you, and maybe had some confusion about who you really are. But Father, you have led her through many circumstances, through many people, through many different Bible study groups, Father, and we praise you for the influence that they've had on her. We also want to thank you for the impact that she's having here in Australia and for the way that you're able to use her to bring others to a knowledge of you. We pray that you would continue to work on her life and may our community continue to be blessed as a result of her knowing you and the way that you've been able to live through her. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing today, Thank you so much. Mm. 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 That is a bit of what God has been doing in Hannah's life, and I really encourage you after the service to go and talk to Hannah and and maybe find out some more details if there's anything um, that, that got your attention there. I'm welcoming Ron. How are you going, Ron? Good, real good. Ron Rambo. Yeah. I remember when I first learned your name, I was like, this guy's going to be a character. <laughs> and you are somewhat. But yeah, <laughs> no, I'm That was It's good. great. Great to have you here with us. And I sense an American accent. What are you doing here in Kingscliff Church?
3: You know, I'm blessed with being able to come to your eyes. Um, Speak into the mic
0: if you don't know. Yeah, just
3: yep. a beautiful country. I, um, I had a choice between Oregon yep. or Australia. It was not a big choice. I just said Australia. Yeah. Yeah. You made I, the right
0: decision. You yeah. know,
3: I, I've always heard great things about Australia, and I said uh, I want to experience that myself. But I was sure. just thankful that... The rise programs here, and y'all support it like you do. It's uh, praise
0: God. Mm, awesome. So you're here at an evangelistic training school, uh, getting skills on how to share your faith and, and have an impact, a positive impact on other people. Um, tell us that that wasn't always your situation. What? What? Tell us a bit about your background and um, your your early days in Christianity. Mm, how much time do we have? Uh, we no, yeah, we have time. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, actually, I wasn't raised
3: in a Christian home. I, um, okay. You know, my mom, I remember my mom telling me she took us to the church a little bit when we were little kids. But when I was about 13 years old, I uh, I had the experience of going to a church, hmm. a, a church right down the street from us. Uh, these deacons who would come around and gather kids on okay. the bus and take us to school and so, to uh, church school. And uh, so I had the opportunity to learn about Christ then and was baptized. But not being raised in the church, I... Um, I didn't understand the relationship hmm. with Christ, but I knew him, I was baptized, I was saved, so I had it made, right? Sure. Um, hmm. But then as you grow, uh, 14, 15, 16, well, the world kind of had a lot of invitations for me, hmm. and um, so it was uh, quite a few years. I guess, um, you know, I had a couple experiences in my life that really changed it, um, and God was calling me. I, I had the verse, um, 1 John four nineteen, and that's kind of kind of sums it up for me hmm. um it says it uh, that because god i love god because he first loved me hmm. you know yeah. and at the time i didn't understand that but but he was searching for me hmm. um from the time i was a kid and, and uh bringing me just trying to
0: draw me to him um literally uh draw me to him hmm. you know so, so you're there, you're in a non-Christian home, but you are baptized through the influence of a local church. Um, and, and then, yeah, you, you don't really have the stability, the structure to be able to continue in that decision. Uh, tell us, what, what made the difference for you? What, why are you a Christian today? Well, you know, it's funny because, um,
3: you know how you say you walk through life and then you just hit a wall? Sure. Well, I literally had one fall on me. Wow. You know? <laughs> um, I was actually, at 19, I was buried in concrete. I, I wow. And God was just, he He helped me to live through that. I actually was pouring concrete on a, I was an apprentice carpenter, carpenter and uh, we were pouring uh, yard, 33 yards of concrete behind this wall, and the wall blew out, and I was buried, hmm. um, literally buried alive. And by the grace of God, they were able to know where I was located. They dug me out, and uh, wow, well, you know, it's just amazing that, um, that, that God, carried me through that and so you know so that was one of the big impacts in my life but you know I still didn't know I just I knew I
0: had a purpose Hmm. because I was still alive but I but I still didn't know what it was Hmm. yeah well and and so what helped you discover that how how was it that you were able to find purpose and meaning well it's funny because as you become a Christian when you look
3: back you can actually see God's involvement Hmm. and um when I was in my early 20s, I, I was on a bad path. I was working in a club. I was doing, um, I was a bouncer in a club. And and actually, through that job, I put the drinking away because you didn't drink and do that job. Hmm. I seen how ridiculous I acted or, or potentially acted when I was on the other end. Hmm. So it kind of drew, drew me away. And I knew that God had a purpose for me. I was a carpenter by the day and a bouncer at night. And I just said, Lord, you know, what do you have in store for me? And, I, and so I. I ended up uh, meeting a woman, marrying her. She was a Seventh-day Adventist, mm-hmm. which I had never heard about. And, um, <laughs> and so then, you know, I started. So then, but because of the, the worldly tendencies I had gathered for so many years, I fought it, mm-hmm. you know. But um, then I had kids. Um, I had um, three beautiful kids. And, and, you know, the impact that they had on me was a, was a big influence for me. God was putting people in my life. And I can see back for years sure. that uh, I was working with a guy that was an Adventist uh, builder. And I couldn't believe this guy's character, mm. you know, the way he didn't get upset about anything, nothing, you know, how spiritual he was. And I was wondering, mm. you know, boy, I'd like to have that kind of sure. like Hannah, you know, what, you know, how do you, how do you get that? And yeah. then um, one of my best friends I went to high school with, uh, I actually went to grade school with him and I ran into him all of them years later. And uh, he was going to an Adventist church. Mm. So, you know, he just put people in my mm. lives. And he had a plan for me. And, mm. I, and it was uh, really cool. But but the biggest impact was with my children. Mm. You know, they, they,
0: they, the impact with them really changed my life. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, sure. Mm. Yeah, and do we, do we want to get some friends up here on stage? Yeah, I was like,
3: yeah. so I tell the story, you know, the yeah, um, you. children were a big part. Okay, so my kids were three and... Five, my, and uh, David knows my son, um, and they and, and uh, my other daughter was, she was uh, eight at the time, and uh, but she wasn't there. It was the two of them were there, and and there was an evangelistic series going on in the in the uh, at the church, and the pastor had been hitting me for it. The guy builder I was working with was hitting me on it, and I had all these excuses. But then these two kids came up to me one night when I was standing there and they said uh, it was the night before the meetings and I had all these good excuses that why I couldn't go work or whatever it was and now look at these kids eyes all right? (laughs) and I'm standing there as a father who loved my kids so much and my daughter who was you know she, she didn't mind saying what she felt and my son just sat there with his little eyes batting up at me and they said how come everybody else's daddy goes to church but our daddy doesn't and my first instinct was is all right time for a paddle you know but I really it just touched my heart I was thinking okay no more excuses for these kids so I told him I said guys I'm gonna go this one time but I don't want you to pressure me anymore and uh so, anyway, thanks, guys. I just wanted you to look into these eyes. You cannot <laughs> resist, children. My kids learned several verses that they held on to. And one that I noticed that, that they listened to was Jesus said, come to me as children, right? Well, actually, they miskind of read it. They actually were the children that came to me. And, and, and by them coming to me, it just impacted my life. And I was able to, um, to give my heart to Christ. I went to the first meeting. And I sat all the way in the back. And uh, I mean, way in the back. And I was actually even upset because uh, they all went to the kids' department. I'm like, okay, now I've got to go to this church by myself, right? Mm. But as the meetings went on, I found myself moving towards the front. Hmm. And by the end of the series, I, I was in the tank. Hmm. You,
0: know, and, and, uh, <laughs> you went all the way to the front. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah.
3: <laughs> praise God. You know, he just... He's that good. He, he just never, ever leaves you, and He, and he loves you no matter what. You know, Like I said, from, from a brick wall to the kids touching
0: my heart. Hmm. You know? yeah. and, um, so, so looking back on your story, Ron, looking back at some of those significant times in your life that God has been able to move, and you've seen evidence of, of His impact on your life, what, what is it that you've come away thinking? What, what is it? What can you summarize today from just the way that God has been able to lead you?
3: Well, you know, the, the biggest impact is, is that God is love, and that, that's yeah. what drew me to a rise. That's what—I mm. remember my son came to me with a, a link. He sent it to me. He said, you got to listen to this guy, and it was David, mm. because I had been going back and forth with the pastors and the elders in the church about the love of God. Mm. We needed to bring him into the church, and that, you know, we were just too stagnant. You know, it, you know John tells us that, that we must decrease, mm. you know so that he can increase and and what we do as a church a lot of times I found is that we just think about ourselves and what we can do to Hmm. to please our congregation but in fact it's what we can get the congregation can congregation do to go out into the public Hmm. go out into the the streets Hmm. and hit them and so when I was introduced to what uh, the message that David had brought through Hmm. and then the Arise program um, we went to a boot camp or you know a summer camp with David you know for two weeks and that had a big impact on my life because I've seen that God. God had a plan for His church, and it was not just in my heart; it was all over, you know. And then, uh, and then, of course, I've experienced this. My son went through a rise, and um, you know, he's done some mighty things for God, and
0: it continues to do so. Hmm. Yeah, oh, praise so, God for that, Ron. We're we're gonna um, transition here. I'm gonna ask. Henna and Vessi, and even Helen, if they'd come back up. Let's end up here. You've inspired me. I've been sitting down for too long. Mm -hmm. Is Helen there as well? Thank you so much, Helen. Come, come up the front and join us. Um, we're we're going to spend some time in prayer here, but I, I just wanted you to, just um, concluding our service today, I wanted us to reflect on the way that God has been able to lead in each of these indiv- individuals' lives. We're, we've got Helen, who he has called to be the longest serving missionary in the Adventist church up in Thailand. It is incredible to hear her story in the way that God has been able to lead. And we've just heard a little bit of that, just a taste of what God has been able to do over the last 36 years. And then we've got Hannah who has come out of a non-Christian environment and found that God loves her and has been pursuing her entire life. And we've been able to hear this this morning and our hearts have been warmed as we've done so. And then we've got Vessie who has been able to... She, she grew up in an Adventist context. She grew up in a Christian home. But then she fell away through the decisions that she'd made. And, and we've been able to hear as to how God has been able to bring her back to a loving and saving and, and thriving relationship with Him. And then we've got Ron who, who is a minister but is not a paid minister... He is not a paid pastor like myself, but he is still a minister for the Lord, going and and seeking opportunities to be able to witness his love for Christ. And I just want to say, praise God. We can see that each of these individuals, and myself included, have been redeemed. We have seen the love of God, and we have responded to the love of God. And I just want to pray for each one of us here that we would do the same that each one of us as we respond to his love and we accept salvation into our hearts, that God would be able to do something in and through us. I pray that each one of us would be a living testimony of how God is able to work and his faithfulness in and through us. And I just want to thank you for sharing your stories this morning. Do we want to thank them, church? We certainly do. Yeah, we we really want to thank you for your vulnerability today and just for being able to share the way that God has worked in and through you. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, you love us. And we believe that today, not just because these individuals have said it, but because we have seen it, Father. We have seen you at work in our life and we thank you for that. Father, we come to you today knowing our need of you knowing that, that we can do nothing without you and we want to respond to your love. We want to respond to our acknowledgement of our condition. And Father, we just want to ask that you would do something in and through us, that you would use us, Father, to go to a community, to go to our community, the one that you have called us to, to be able to minister for you. We pray that our stories, each one of us has a story, and we pray that as we continue to say how you have redeemed us, Father, as we continue to testify of your love and your goodness, we ask that that would have an impact on others. We pray that people would be warmed, that they would be drawn to you as a result. And Father, I want to pray a special blessing on um, Helen and the work that she is doing there in Thailand. I want to pray for Hannah. I want to pray for Vessi. And I want to pray for Ron, Father, that as you continue to work in and through them, that they would be a pillar for you, that they would be a testament to your love and your care. We pray this for Kingscliff Church. We pray that each of our members and even just this institution would be a testimony to our community that you love us and that you care for us. We ask for your blessing to be upon us now. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing, everyone.